Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Shrine Podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm Brendan. And I'm Rebecca. And guys, all aboard the submarine-based Saran Jones starring Nautical Who Done It We Never Knew We Needed. Vigil has arrived on BBC One just in time to fill the bent bastard void in our Sunday evenings left behind by Line of Duty. And while crossover star Martin Compson's Craig Burke barely lasted 10 minutes into the opening episode before he was carted off in a body bag. <laughs> so shocking. We are still hooked Burke's body is barely cold, shoved in there beside a worrying collection of nuclear weapons I'm pretty sure most of us didn't know the UK had. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know about anything. Not a clue. Back to that later. Before Jones's claustrophobic DCI Silva finds herself airlifted onto a boat, not a ship, via a helicopter and what makes for the first of many truly striking shots to investigate matters. And with Vigil coming from Paramount Production House behind bodyguard unreal save me best show ever and line of duty also the best show ever it wouldn't be a world productions production without an intricate subplot hence the mysterious disappearance of a scottish fishing trawler ensuring silva and her on land counterpart rose leslie's dc christian longacre are earning their paychecks elsewhere there are plenty of recognizable faces dodgy looks and new terminology for us to learn and let's be honest fuck up <laughs> as the beef- chief petty officer we were like what's that last week i honestly thought it was a typo coxswain yeah <laughs> except it's pronounced coxswain coxswain and as the Beebs treated us to a UK bank holiday double bill of episodes, you two listeners are treated to a double bill of recaps delivered by Rebecca and Brendan, respectively. <laughs> I will hopefully. I have your thoughts and theories, which you have been sending in your tens to shrinepod at gmail.com. But first, we have had rather large weekends between us since we last spoke to you, and there is nowhere for us to start other than the rock that is sitting on Rebecca's finger. <laughs> Pet your engaged spill. Oh, listen, I had the best week ever because it's almost been a week now. Um, I was on holidays with my boyfriend and he turned around to me and he said, oh, I've actually booked for us to go away when we come back. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Go away? We just, we are away. What do you mean? So he whisked me off to a fancy hotel in Limerick, County Ireland. County Ireland. County Ireland. <laughs> in County Limerick, Ireland. And uh, we did an afternoon tea. I really like small food. 
Yeah, um, mini food is, just tastes better. I love triangular sandwiches. And uh, I was plying myself with the champagne. He said, let's go for a walk. I said, no, let's go to the mini bar. Let's go to the room. I want to see the bath. I always have baths in hotels because I've oh, never same. had a bath. Yeah. Oh, I haven't had a bath since I lived with my mum and dad. Even if you had a bath here, you'd only ever have a bath in a hotel. Yeah. It, there's just something so nice yeah. about it. Even though sometimes I think about all the other people who play in that bath as well. Somebody <laughs> once did this in ruined hotels for me. I was like, oh, I'd love a, a hotel bed tonight. <laughs> And it was Zara King And she went No just think about Everyone else who's ever Slept in it And I was like You ruined it forever Anyway you got You're engaged Carry on <laughs> so, <laughs> so we went for a walk The sun was shining 25 degrees Doesn't happen very often In Ireland I was going for a stroll I was talking away Didn't know where he'd gone I turned around I said where is he I looked down and there he was down on one knee with the, the box of the ring open and I was a blubbering mess. Oh. And it was so nice because, I mean, I mean, we, like we've lived together for a couple of years. I've been going out for like five years and we have a cat together. Like it's we've been a serious relationship. But I just didn't think I'd be getting engaged now. I didn't expect it. So um, it was a really lovely time. So And how do you feel now being a fiancé and having a fiancé? I keep waking up every morning being like, Oh, that happened like and, and feeling the ring on my hand being like oh my gosh like wow like this is it this is your life this is it bitch start yeah. saving like you're oh, getting married no, no everyone's like when's the wedding I was like where, where's the saving account yeah. <laughs> SOS anyway lovely time um, Brendan was on an unbelievable weekend in London and Hannah was at a rodeo themed hen party <laughs> and she also because you can't see Hannah right now has Nail extensions on there that are stunning. Uh, she has a few nails in a nice turquoise color, kind of similar to the Shrine Podcast logo. It's called Tiffany. Tiffany. Very similar. And she has cow print nails. Brown cow stunning for anyone who watches Drag Race. Four cows. Um, yeah, Brandon was in London, Brandon. I don't have uh, my nails done, but I was in London. <laughs> saw a load of my friends who I haven't seen in two years. Uh, I reunited with them and I left my voice or my voice left me. So I have to... Talk a little bit easier this time. There was a, I was at the loudest brunch on the planet. It was so much fun. It was called, I think it's called Pleasure Beach Gardens in Restaurant R's in Kensington. Ooh, saucy. And there was a drag queen there. There were a few drag queens there, but there was one there in particular called Electra Fence. She's going to be in season three <laughs> of Drag Race UK. And when she did a death drop off the bar, I lost my voice because I was whooping and hollering so much. And I can't wait to see what she does in um, season three of Drag Race. But it was great to see all my friends. Um... Yeah, I had the best Aww. time ever. Just reunite with people you haven't seen in two years. And as you said last week, getting off this effing island. <laughs> it just, yeah. I was so excited to get on a plane. Like, I love flying. And the, like, the whole sensation of takeoff was like, it was like I'd flown for the first time again. Loved it. Oh, Hannah the Hen. So I was on a hen and Brandon messaged in our group today and he's like, look guys, I don't have a voice. And literally now in fairness to Brandon, he gets paid to talk. And he was like, so Hannah, would you mind doing my recap? Now I... I, I only had a whisper until about half three today. You serious? Oh, I would know. Because my voice goes all the time because it's very husky. This None. happens to me a lot. It's, it's See what I partying. do? You have three Proseccos and then all of a sudden I'm a smoker again. Oh. That's the problem. And then you're up till four o'clock in the morning. To be honest, I just think if you're 30 plus and you go out and you have drinks, how dare you for more than two nights in a row, you don't, your voice no. goes as a punishment. It, it does <laughs> though, it's true. Because it used to happen to me when I went to like a three-day festival. Like, I mean, that's going to happen, but it does happen now. Like I went for a two-hour brunch. Yeah, croaky. Gone. 
Crowley yeah, now I will tell you this hen was animalistic. It actually genuinely <laughs> was. So like, I don't deserve to have a boy. Like there was a rodeo bull. There was line dancing with a brilliant woman called Denise. Now I tell you, if you've Come never, on, Denise. if you've never done line dancing, they see the zumba that they have in the fly bits and all yeah. the gyms over here. You put line dancing in there. The sweat was dripping off. As people were passing, it was twenty five <laughs> degrees. People taking breaks. It's like you were at Gwen's <laughs> wedding or Gwen's surprise birthday in it's, Gavin Stacey. It was some. It was some workout. So um, yeah, absolutely brilliant hen. All went well and we have the wedding out in three weeks, please God. And then your wedding after that. That's next year and there's about 17 in between now and then. Yeah, so we'll just it's hard to keep up. We'll just I just live wedding to wedding now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so lads, two episodes this week. We were flat out watching Vigil on the submarine with Saran Jones. We learned a load of new lingo. It's a whole new world for us to immerse ourselves in of the Royal Navy. The production value. It's unbelievable. I am so happy because the last time we did a podcast we were doing Line of Duty this is in 2019 it was season 5 we decided to do Big Little Lies straight after Mistake. we thought it was going to be really good Big Little Lies 2 we we're like right the first Shite. season was great we have nothing to talk about for weeks on end like nothing really happened so I'm so I, we knew uh, listen it's world productions like it was always going to be amazing like Jesus but, you but do it's take unreal it's, it's unreal like I it's love it the, like, and you're going to talk about this but like the images of like the trawler and the submarine it is movie style stuff like it looks so real and like the, like just all of it you've like the set oh it's just it's so good i can't wait to see where the story goes because they're hinting a lot now about the corruption and all that and we love all that type of thing yeah. it's just the perfect series to go on to after line of duty it's, podcast it's so perfect and you do take a risk when you're like we're gonna do this show we've never seen it before it's brand new but you trust the production company the cast the writer and director but you know it could be a big like I mean Meryl Streep was in Big Little Lies she asked to be two. in season 2 because season 1 was so good and then they did that to Meryl so like it is a risk but Brendan I thought you were because Brendan um, watched episode one the day after us because he'd only come back from London and your little review into our WhatsApp group was really funny. Yeah I texted you straight after the end I'd like the end of episode one I was like oh my god I am in I was like the drama it is excellent. It's excellent. And I love that it's twisty and turny and already only two episodes in people who I was like oh yeah it was him are already like coming good so it's gonna just keep chopping and changing I think. Will we do a little recap? Yes, um, I'm doing episode one. Mrs. Fiance. I really enjoyed doing the recap. I'm going to listen now and sip this warm drink. Do you remember during the lockdowns when we were going back to Line of Juicy seasons one to five and we were doing like three episodes each and all that? Just doing one episode's gorgeous, isn't it? And of a totally new show yes. where you're like, let me talk about this actor. Let me like get my teeth into this I now. have to be like, okay, what's their name? And then I was going back to your notes from last week, Hannah, thank I God. don't know anyone's name. Because I had to be like, and their name and this. Craig so Burke, because they've said it 700 times. And <laughs> other than that, I couldn't tell you who anyone else is called. Sorry, the little hat. Oh, that Martin Comstock wears in the little picture on his smile. It is just so simply cute. adorable. I just, oh, I just thought it was so cute. Okay, right, will I go? Shall we go for it? Yeah, turn <clears> me <throat> down now and I'll have a cup of tea. He's <laughs> slurping away in the corner. Okay. A fishing trawler with a few crew members on board is going about its business when suddenly they detect something massive in the ocean beneath them. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it Jackie Laverty's dog slash accountant? No. It's a bleeding massive submarine, which these fellas unfortunately learned the hard way. So their anchor or their fishing line, I couldn't figure this out because um, I'm not very good with like nautical their, things. Their net or something. Was yeah, it the, yeah, yeah, it's a net. 
it struck it's basically struck something and their boat starts sinking immediately it is pulling them into the depths of the deep blue absolutely terrifying so the crew are desperately looking for bow cutters to clip the wire and release it just love the bow cutters i was like oh ryan the bent bastard we miss (laughs) you um but the bow cutters have gone overboard so it's too late and they're dragged under and they tragically drown so it's awful and this is in the first two minutes what an opener edge of your seat Horse in mouth. And it looked brilliant. And I saw a few people going on about the CGI, but I'm like, guys, you're picking, you're looking for things to give out about now because it looked unreal. I thought that CGI was incredible. It was incredibly captivating. Has the COVID made people, the pandemic made people just <laughs> grumpy like? We know that Twitter <laughs> can be a slight cesspit, to be honest. Yeah. And people with no People with no Sheila, profile photos. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Right. Mr. Grey Joe profile. That CGI isn't good enough for a me. A harp is their profile oh, picture. Egg. I'm like, you won't even show your face Stand up and be proud if you have an opinion. Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so. Can you tell we got some feedback during the week? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Which I found genuinely hilarious. Yeah, people were like, your last podcast was drivel. You like, love you everything. Did you hear us talk about Big Little Lies? Oh, yeah. Sure. Go. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, carry on. Anyway, right. So next up, we are on board HMS Vigil where Craig Burke, a.k.a. Martin Comston, detects a strange noise while on watch. He reckons it's a trawler, but his two bosses, Captain Neil Newsom and Lieutenant Commander Mark Prentice, they are opting to prioritise caution because they're like, listen, it could be another submarine, which at the time I was like, go away out of that. Now, also, can I just ask a question here? Because it comes up throughout the first two episodes. Surely... A submarine uh, on the scale of Vigil would have decent sonar That's that can tell what is behind it and around it and in front of it and up from it. Is there not just someone who's smarter than you who can get some signal to block out your sonar? With okay. some crazy uh, okay. I'll take that because that's a theory. Yeah, I. But sure. You know, like the way the aliens they... are smarter than all of us. They're just one step ahead. <laughs> okay, Jesus, that took a turn. <laughs> it is primitive, though. It's more primitive than I thought it would be. Like Martin Compton is sitting there looking at squiggles, being yeah. like, "A boat got pulled under by." He's essentially looking at that, and I'm like, "How did yeah. that tell you a boat got pulled under by but a trawler?" Therefore, though, if there's something tailing them, surely it can hear it. You would have thought so, but I'm like, is it just well, higher, better is technology? Shit. Is there just someone who's just won? The Russians? Someone. <laughs> it's the Loch Ness, guys. That's the big twist. <laughs> it is lost. <laughs> what do they call it? Nessie. That's it. Nessie. Okay. So the two bosses are like, listen, it could be another submarine, so we're doing nothing. And Burke is begging for them to save the fishermen on board, but he is aggressively told to shut up and do his job. And then a cox. Yeah, so it's spelled Coxwain, but pronounced Coxon. A Coxon called Elliot Glover, played by Sean Evans, sends Burke to his bunk to cool off. So there is a very heated argument. Steve Arnott, you in danger, girl. Sorry if you can hear a dog in the background. My neighbour's dog is outside. It's called Clover. It's really cute. That's the noise. That is really cute, but I couldn't hear that. Okay, you know, it's roof, roof in the background. Okay. Next, in the captain's quarters, Chief Petty Officer Tara Kearley is trying to figure out what caused the trawler to sink. She reckons it could have been a hull breach, which is the puncturing of the ship's surface, or an explosion. I love that. It's like, oh, it's either or. Like, lol. Anyway, the captain is like, listen, love, you go talk to Burke and you two figure it out, right? And we'll get an actual answer. Unfortunately, that can't happen because as Prentice goes to get Burke... He's told by Lieutenant Simon Hadlow, who is Connor Swindell's, who's in sex education. He's told by him that Burke has gone into cardiac arrest. So 
Burke doesn't make it and after surviving six seasons of Line of Duty including being thrown down the stairs by a balaclava <laughs> man Martin Comston's character is killed off in the first ten minutes unexpected I, I couldn't believe my eyes because it's kind of sideways and I yes, was like I, did, I thought it was somebody else that is not Martin Compton being dragged out in a body bag and he's all over I was the fuming. trailer I was fuming I was a bit yeah I but he's was. obviously going to be in it quite a bit we he's can senior Thurwell of this series he's just going to be on the laptop now for the rest of it it yeah. was a good a good choice to put him in the, the laptop scene in at the end because I think that calmed me down a bit I think if we hadn't seen him again I would have been snapping hoping we get a few flashbacks like well there seems to be a lot on a that lot of video just, files yeah but I would like a few flashbacks of him and like you know Jade and him doing whatever like I want to see I want to <laughs> see Martin Comston you want a steamy video of him and Jade oh, I did not say that right okay unfortunately um, his body's removed from his tiny bunk and a female cook is particularly upset yes I noticed this we yes ha- we got a few theories in guys yeah okay great did she be cooking up the poison? Oh. Did she be? Yeah. Think that. Particularly upset, Very, yeah. right? So in Glasgow, DCI Amy Silva, aka Saran Jones, is called in by her boss to meet some high-ranking Navy bosses, including Aaron Branning and Rear Admiral Shaw. Rear Admiral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the big cheese of the submarines. Rear Admiral is. <laughs> Rear Admiral Shaw. <laughs> Is he the main captain? <laughs> He's the living cheese. He's actually, I think, the father-in-law of Prentice. I think from yes, what, yeah, I'm married, assuming yeah. he married an admiral's daughter and I keep thinking that there's yeah, a family this connection. This is Alan Johnson from Peep Show, yeah? This is, yeah, that's him. The guy who's literally leading the ship. Yeah. Right. No, 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 not leading. No, no, no. This, the, admiral Shaw is the fellow who's in HQ Naval Office. Oh, yeah, with oh, your sorry. one. He's the rear admiral. He's the big Thank cheese. Right? I could not tell you one person. She smirks name. every time she says Rear Admiral. Mm-hmm. You are an engaged woman. Oh, so so basically, sorry, Silva is told that one of Vigil's crew members died of a drug overdose, apparently snorting heroin, um, and it happened between British territorial waters. So they need her to join the submarine for three days to investigate. Amy is then given Burke's files, and they contain an adorable photo of Martin Compson in a little hat. <laughs> Guys, I actually think it's the no, cutest please. little hat in the whole world. Okay. Amy's like, Burke's body needs to be off that submarine because it needs an autopsy. We also learned that she can't phone home while she's on vigil, but she can receive messages. I just think that's really, it really adds to the tension of the plot, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Her luggage has to fit into what can only be described as a clutch bag. And (laughs) in the words of Gemma Collins, Amy is claustrophobic, Darren. I'm claustrophobic, Darren. (laughs) So Burke, uh, he actually did pass a mandatory drugs test in July so Amy reckons something fishy is going on I just needed to use a fish pun I have one of those in my career oh well. god yeah. oh um, peppers over my page you must be cutting me Brendan <clears throat> so she also asks for her colleague Kristen Longacre who is played by Rose Leslie to interview Burke's friends and family and also to radio her leads throughout the investigation so later on Kirsten and Amy they're driving to the naval base it becomes very clear that the two have a romantic uh, history or yeah. connection Amy mentions someone called Ian whose parents live nearby and she asks Kirsten to look into a pub fight that that Burke was involved in back at base. Silva asks Kirsten to mind her stunning cat and also flags Catherine. that... Catherine. Catherine. 
Oh, um, so she's like, mind my cat. And she's also like, listen, when you send me messages while I'm on vigil, they need to be, they're going to be read by loads of people. So you need to reference things we've done together, places we've been, people we know. I loved this. I, I love this. It just showed that they have like a very intimate or had a very intimate, deep relationship. And it's such a good dramatic device. Yeah. That they can't like straightforwardly communicate. It just adds to the Agatha Christiness of it all. It's amazing. So on the journey, they pass Dunlock Peace Camp and they suddenly spot a woman's body lying in the middle of the road. Guys, I was shook at this. Same. <coughs> shook. So it was a lot because Martin Compton was only cold. And I'm like, well, here's number two. It was a lot. It was a lot. They stop, they get out, they check her pulse and Guthubbin, the protester, protester comes alive and she starts going on about how each Trident missile costs $66 million. Again, we're learning a lot. That is yeah. insane. Right. So they're arriving at Dunlock Naval Base. Branning asks Silva to remove her SIM card from her phone, which I'm wondering, is there something with that? Like your SIM card probably wouldn't work if you're in the bloody bottom of the sea. Yeah, but, but it's like something weird, like your phone is to be on airplane mode in a plane. I know, I just thought it was like, yeah, why? Yeah, I guess your phone's not going to work anyway, Am but I they just, just want to make doubly sure. And i just looking into things. You are, because maybe so. like SIM cards are trackable. But then like when she was submarine. doing the recording in the episode two, I went... Is your recording going to record on your phone because you don't have a SIM card? I just, yeah, we'll I do, don't know yeah. what it is. The SIM card thing just stuck with me. Yeah, and it's I just absolutely have a SIM card at the weekend and my, those things on your phone do work. Yeah, I think I just really look into things too much. Okay, so before Amy gets onto the helicopter, she hugs Kirsten goodbye. She says, sorry. And Kirsten replies, you can't say that now. And I was like, oh God, okay. It's something any bad be here. Girl. Silva's on board a helicopter with Chief Petty Officer Matthew Doward. He's flying out to replace Burke on board. He says that Vigil is basically like a bit troubled, like it's a nightmare to work on. And was kind of wondering what the crack is with him. We then see some happy flashbacks of Amy with her husband and a child called Poppy. So I'm assuming the husband is Ian. Right? Next scene. Phenomenal. Silva is dramatically airlifted from a flying helicopter in a harness onto a submarine that emerges from the middle of the sea. It's very tense. It's so tense. And the last things he says to her before she gets winched down are not the words you want to hear. Oh, like don't let your arm come out of the He's harness. Like, yeah, don't let your arm come out of the harness. Don't do this, don't do that, or you'll <laughs> slip out. Oh, thanks, this all rests on me, does it? Yeah, and guys, the Rand Jones did all her own stunts. Fair play to her, seriously. She's like Tom Cruise. She said she was coming back with bruises on her husband, was like, what on earth were you she doing today? She black and blue, she'd Epsom salt baths every night because she was doing, flying out of a helicopter by herself. Oh my lord. Okay, so when she gets on board Vigil, right, she is understandably very shook. She is told very quick that Burke's body isn't going to be moved off the sub. So from then I was like, ah, oh, no. Here we go. Here we go. Now, very confused watching the next scene. Glover, who's your man from set? No, from, what was he in? Don't know. Glover. Which one is Glover? Elliot, the coxswain. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. He, he describes himself as a walking HR department, no. just so you know his role. That's what he says. He brings Silva a cup of tea that's covered in cling film. Yeah, because they're on a boat. I don't understand that. Because, they, did you not see Saran Jones So it doesn't spill. Boat, not yeah. a spaceship. Yeah, so they worried about spill. a cup of tea. They are. Oh, well, and he did say something about the coffee because spilling. You could, on you could scald someone. Yeah, okay, okay. It just sounds really weird. It and just, obviously, they're not turning that boat around for a lover of money. I loved that she was like, I don't want that. And I was like, did they poison Martin Compton with the cup of tea? So you've got your. I'm like a your... line of duty. Guys, I am line of duty on this. I'm like, yeah. So how are they going to get her on the boat and then just poison her in the first five seconds? Well, they weren't sure. Well, maybe they're just keeping her sweet. It takes a while to poison someone. I'm probably too relaxed about this and I could probably <laughs> sit up a bit more now in the bed while watching. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, basically, sorry, she doesn't drink the tea. They go to examine Burke's body. It's actually in the bomb shop, which just adds to the drama of this. He, it's stored where they keep torpedoes. Guys, I never. No, and I, to be honest, I think there's a lot of people waking up in England now after two days of that not knowing that there was four submarines floating around the Scottish Sea jam-packed full of nuclear weapons. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't know any of this. So the resident doctor, Tiffany Doherty, she joins them. When asked about her journey, Silva says she was thrown out of a helicopter with her luggage tied to her. And Glover says, still, better than Ryanair. Yeah, such a good line. A line of juicy. It yeah, is. Yeah. Um, we Silva, need an evil version of yeah, that. Yeah, we do. Anyone... What would you say? Catch of the day. <laughs> it's the catch of the day! <laughs> Catch oh, the catch of the day. Oh, you little cod. Okay. That was brilliant, Rebecca. Oh, guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, Silva then takes a swab from Burke's nose. Isn't it terrible that I just think of getting a COVID oh, test? Also, no, all I could think of was watching this was like, that is real Martin Compton. He's not dead. And how is he not like his face in bits and him laughing? Like, because that tickles. Like when it goes, you, you've had a COVID test done. When that goes up your nose, Do you that's think not it tickles? pleasant. It tickles. Oh, I think it's just more of a like. Oh, how did he stay? Your brain tickles. Deathly, real cute. How did he stay deathly still when she was like shoving something up his nostril? Give that man a BAFTA. Um, sorry. So she takes the she takes the swab from his nose, and Dockersy reveals that she gave Burke a few paracetamol before he died, which is quite interesting now that we've seen episode two. Yeah. With the poison and whatnot. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I took breath. Microphone <laughs> down because I had to choke. Sorry. Go and choke now. It's what? okay. <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking Hannah's just having a look off the John Player blue. so basically it's been a long two years I don't and smoke not being you out. go there and all of a sudden you're out two o'clock in the morning outside the tent having a John Player blue okay also Thanks, who guys. smokes John Player blue in right, 2021 I couldn't tell you just can we when I worked in the garage as a 16 year old people were buying them then I've never smoked a John Player blue and I don't plan on ever doing it <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So the doctor reveals that uh, Martin Compson Burke was looking for a few paracetamol before he died because he had a headache. Should have got Feminax. Here You're dead right, Brendan. Bloody how are they paying you now? No, um, Silva spots a bruise with some bleeding at the base of Burke's skull, which Glover explains that could have happened when they moved him from the bunk but I was like but dad would you don't stop bruise. spinning a hate your story here alright Mary Cassidy how'd you know that <laughs> <laughs> she did used to live in Craig's estate stop it shut I, up she is an iconic hero I love her yeah in a triangular uh, Mary story. Cassidy by the way for anyone who's not Irish based is uh, the former state pathologist here yes queen <laughs> oh, sorry I actually can't believe that she's in Craig's estate sorry I've gotten a bit giddy now <laughs> Silva tells the captain that she thinks Craig Burke could have been murdered because of the head injury. Fair enough. Prentice says that's absurd because there's no privacy on a boat to beat someone to death. And I hate Prentice, but I Prentice love Prentice is like, we found drugs on his body. So like, what's going on? There's a b- rolled up banknote as well. And Silva is like, do you know what? This heroin is the type that you'd cook up before injecting and it's rarely snorted and it could have just been rubbed on his nose as a cover-up, okay? She's on the blood. Yeah, she I was get like, Kate there was no, Fleming there was energy nothing off her. up inside the nostril. It was only around. Yeah, just around. Yeah. It was just Kate, Kate Fleming the no- energy. There is Kate Fleming energy off her. Right, Amy later decides that she needs to speak with the last two people who saw Burke when he was alive. Some fella called Adams who gave him CPR um, and engineering officer Hadlow who found the body. So Silva and Glover, they wake up this agitated guy called Walsh <laughs> They're searching Burke's cabin and he's like, fuck off. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Here's the first accent of the podcast. Guys, I don't even know what that accent was. But like your man, Walsh, is like, Burke was a druggie and a shite sailor. 
I mean, the man has only just passed on. <laughs> a foot from your face. Whether you liked him or not, would you not hop out? You're in the room with a dad body. Would you not have a reaction? He had his curtains closed. He was asleep. He, mm, um, okay, so that's when we first meet Walsh, right? Okay, back to that later. Elliot then shows Amy her bunk. It's like a coffin, guys. And she starts to get these really traumatic flashbacks of being in a car with her husband and her child and crashing into water. So we're starting to learn more about her past trauma. Amy later drops um, anxiety and, and a depression tablet um, in front of Tiffany Doherty, who was like, listen, you can't have them on board. If you ever need to talk to someone, talk to me. But yeah, I just... I think that's just us getting to know her more. I don't know if there's mm. anything. I have my suspicions about Tiffany, I think. I really like her. I mm. think there is something in that and someone She'd be earwigging and she looks, uh, Tiffany looks No, a bit she suspicious. does. She knows everything. Like, like she knows something. Like, do you know she what I mean? She controls the meds as well, guys. Mm-hmm. You're right. Oh, no. Yeah. I know, I just quite like And it. as we said last week, all of your suspects were male. I know, but I just want the women to stick together. Okay, later on, Elliot, Prentice and the captain are talking about how Silva needs to be contained to avoid a scandal. Very Jill Bigelow. Prentice offers to sit in on the interviews that she does with all the co-workers and the captain's like, no, Elliot's doing that. I was like, all right, right. So you can see the captain's kind of like, I trust Elliot, I don't necessarily trust Prentice. The captain seems quite fair, but I could be completely wrong in saying that, but I really like him at the moment. Someone has to be good though, guys. Someone on that submarine. Most people are good. Yeah, yeah. Is that a statement about life? Man? Yeah, it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we see a blonde woman in a parka who was lying in the middle of the road earlier on in the episode. She's trying to sneak into a room in the naval base. She's quickly arrested and she's forced to hand over Burke's badge. Jade, that's her name. She's later interviewed by Kirsten and we learn that she was Burke's girlfriend. She breaks down when she finds out how he died and she's like, he wasn't an addict. And if that's what they're saying, it was the Navy who killed him. So Jade tells Kirsten to look where the Mary Finney Finney, Finney, Mary Finney went missing. That's the trawler from the very start of the episode. Finney. Um, before she, sorry, before uh, she says all this, she's like, look for that boat where that was found. And then she's picked up in a mystery BMW with blackout windows, which I thought was very suspicious. It was so weird. Guys, the fictional Navy are so dodgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. No, you're right. It was just so weird the way she got picked up, like, so is the cat outside? At the Sorry, window. my cat's at the window. Oh, you gorgeous cat. We made eye contact. I couldn't turn away. He He's gave so Hannah beautiful. a kiss earlier. Oh, you're just stunning. Guys, I have a thing with cats that I've only recently figured out. I'd say in the last four, I have this connection with cats. The cats are slicking you like. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry. Really suspicious situation when she gets picked up in the BMW. I thought it was so weird. And then Kristen is like, or Kirsten, sorry. She Googles the story and it's like bodies found in missing trawler search. Okay, back on vigil. DCI Silva speaks to Chief Petty Officer Adams. Um, as the emotional cook from the start of the episode watches on again. Watch mm-hmm. this space. Adams reveals that the last time that he saw Burke was when he was discovered unconscious, like he eventually gets to that point. But before his boss, Officer Hadlow, aka the same fella who found Burke's body, had mentioned that Burke had been on the foredeck and he also was like, oh, how did Burke seem when you saw him? So we're like, right, Officer Hadlow, are you dodgy? Okay. Um, Silva interviews a very hesitant Hadlow. He reveals that when he saw Burke on deck, he was off watch because he was wearing his normal clothes. He was wearing a green fleece, by the mm-hmm. way, right? Very and, specific. Yeah, not his uniform. And I kept thinking green fleece, very specific. Remember that foreshadowing, as Hannah would say. Hadlow points out to where Burke was standing on this deck, right? And I mean Silva, Kate Fleming energy. She takes out this spray that illuminates blood and... Luminol. Luminol. Yeah, Luminol. And she's like, surprise, there's the blood. 
what's going on? That head injury was obviously not caused by us moving his body. And she's like, hold on a second. Like, just let me get this straight. You found his body. Why did you randomly go and see that his curtain was pulled and decide to randomly wake someone up when you keep going on about how sleep is so precious on this boat? Yeah, and they only got four hours each and they're on a real stick. Like, imagine schedule. if I knew you were asleep in the next room. Why would I go, oh, I'm going into what... Like, you'd have a reason for me to go and wake yeah, you up. Yeah, like, how many other times have you ever pulled back, like, someone's curtain in that position? To Who's like, oh, hiya, how are you? Yeah. So odd, okay? So, um, she's just like, why? And he has no answer to that. And he's very agitated and he just leaves, right? So then, petty officer Tara Kearley tells the captain and I like her. So do I. She is, she's on the ball. She's basically like the trawler sound pattern shows that it got pulled down by the nets. And she's like, it, it, I'm sure it got pulled down by another sub. So that was when I was like, holy shit, there's another submarine. That they don't know about and apparently can't hear. Because I wasn't expecting that. I was like, they're no, corrupt. I, I was like, those, yeah. co- like, I, I was, was like, like I still think that. that their trawler may have just got attached onto Vigil and the pulled I down. Vigil, Vigil would have. So did I. I the first, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, Vigil's terrible. Too. I was like, Vigil pulled it down. And they're going to kill Martin Compton because he'll whistleblow exactly. about it and they just want the lads to die. I still die. think that might be the case though, no? But surely Vigil would have a motion detector. I like, feel like my we- ring doorbell has a motion detector. Surely Vigil has a motion detector. Yeah, it's very, the lack of, like, it is quite primitive, like, what they have access to down there in terms yeah. of technology. But also, I'm like, we're still in the first episode. There has to be so There much has more. to be twists. Yeah, totally. Uh, like, what if the Navy is, like, your man's in charge of, remember Admiral, what's his name? Rear. Rear Admiral. Rear Admiral. <laughs> He's in charge. He specifically was like, I'm in charge of four, the four ship the four submarines them, yeah. with yeah, all the... the Trident. I'm like, are you, like, what He's are you He's a dodgy boy. To? And just to go back to when... He was asking Saran Jones as Amy De Silva, like, was mm. she going to be okay going down on the ship? Obviously, in her head, she's like, I'm claustrophobic, Darren. And then she's like, no, I'll be fine. He done a smirk. He knows yeah. her background. There's no yeah. way a DCI yeah. Yeah. drives into a lake. Her husband dies. She rescues maybe not her child. Yeah. And that isn't on some sort of report. Yeah. He put her down there knowing she wouldn't be able to cope. Like, he is up to something. Brandon, what were you going to say? I was going to say there, he is not her husband. They were never married and that is definitely her daughter. I thought that it was his what? daughter. No, because they made, they made a point about saying that they're identical, that they have the same eyes and their whole conversation when they went off the road was that she was finally coming around to the idea of getting engaged. So did... So they were partners and that was their daughter. I, did she turn her into a cat? Where has she gone? With no, the he turned around. He was looking at her. No, where's the child She's gone? in the parents' house, I yeah, think. Yeah, don't know where the because child is Amy currently. Because Amy isn't yeah. looking after I just want to say this quickly. I think the child is Ian's daughter. And That's that, what everyone on Twitter thinks. I think the child's Ian's daughter and but that when he died, his parents got custody. Because, and that the, would make sense the fallout to was, her absence now. But he, they definitely said something in the car about her having the same... He was like, you both have the same eyes. But he goes, that's what she wants you to think. Or that's what she, you want. Okay. There's just something about that that I'm like, I think that's why the child... they definitely weren't married. That's why they crashed. No, no they, they weren't married. married. Yeah. I think that the child doesn't live with her though and that the child's with the, the parents, parents because she chose to save the child over their son. And, and the parents obviously are already we haven't down the seen how she's ended up with Longacre in the meantime. Yes. Exactly. So it's there's so, there, we're going to learn all about that. Yeah, but and it's, just it's, clarify, it's a bit confusing, wasn't it? I still can't figure... I don't know if I know. It's mysterious, I think. But yeah. like the child is not Longacre. The child does not work on the boat. No, the child is definitely... 
I think Saran and your man's child together. Did someone say that the child worked on the boat? People have gone. People have gone full line of duty season six. It's Chloe Bishop all over again. It's Chloe Bishop. People have Chloe Bishop to the whole thing. Oh my god. Okay, I'm getting to the end of this episode. Uh, Tara Kearley is like the trawler got pulled down by another submarine. Silva then tells the captain that she found blood, and she's like, "I also have a witness confirming that he was standing exactly there." So realistically, it's his blood. At base, Silva's police report arrives, but Rear Admiral Shaw doesn't want Kirsten having it yet. Mm-hmm. Dodge. Don't give it to her yet. He's like, no, no. Meanwhile, uh, Kirsten searches Burke's accommodation and finds a USB key hidden in the leg of a metal chair. And afterwards, Brannon goes in and realises that uh, Kirsten has found something important because the little bottom, you know, the rubber bit of the chair yeah. is hanging off. On vigil, Silva gets a message from Kirsten that reads, slow progress here. Event at sea could be connected to Burke's death. Same day, same area. Remember my dad's job involves those. What happened is the subject of my dad's favourite song that we listened to when I taught you Morse. So in the flashbacks, we hear the lyrics New Year's Eve and uh, Kirsten is telling Silva about... um, a story about a boat that sunk at uh, Stornoway where her dad is from. So Silva later uh, gets info off Kearley about the sinking that day because Kearley replaced Burke mid-watch after he got kicked off for kicking up a fuss. Yeah. So she replaced him um, and she tells her more about it. That's off screen though. This leads Silva back to the captain and she's like, listen, like Vigil, he's like, Vigil didn't hit anyone but a submarine did as far as he knows. Um, So he explains that they had an enemy submarine tracking them, which shouldn't even be possible, and is the single most frightening development in submarine warfare in his lifetime. Burke wanted to get up on top to see if there were any survivors and to to try and save people, but the mission required that they have to stay hidden. So he's like, I made the right decision. And they only found, they only found three of the bodies and there's a fourth one missing, or they only found... Stop two bodies and there's a third one missing like if you zoom in on when Longacre was reading that article there's a body not found it I'm sure they're dead yeah however line of duty theories going on uh, Silva's like but we're not at war and the captain replies that is an illusion we've always been at war and then Jesus guys an alarm starts blaring there's a system failure the reactor has scrammed everyone's panicking the power is failing people are falling over their, their submarine is basically sinking deeper into the sea the darker, no way does it, the deeper it goes, the darker it gets is the tagline. Yeah. That is the best tagline for a TV show I've ever heard. I'm obsessed Lies with cost lives. Um, we then see Kirsten playing a video from the USB in her laptop and it's Burke talking to the camera. She shuts her laptop really quickly and she tries to drive out of the naval base, but she is stopped by armed officers and sniffer dogs. We then see the contents of the video in full. Burke says, from the top of my head, there are 20 different ways you could kill Vigil's crew single-handed, but nobody talks about it. They only want silence. There's corruption and fear. Oh, I got shivers when he said corruption. It's such a good setup. It's brilliant. There's men that are being killed, but the world has no idea. See, we look like a crew. That's all that matters to them, not what's underneath. I've had some of them come at me again. I know that. But if they've left me dead under two miles of water, well... Here I am, and I've got things to tell you. Oh, and that is when I text you my really excited WhatsApp. It is such a good end to the first episode and sets up the rest of the season. So good. So much happened in the first episode. Yeah, you have to get to know all the, the, you need to meet all the characters, but then know their part in the events of Burke and hearing the trawler and then 
dying and I just think it's so clever like we've never had a story of this scale set on a submarine the drama is there for you because they can't go back to port they've got nuclear weapons they can't come up they can't send a message because it sends out an alert to where they are so that creates so much drama and then you've got a locker room mystery and then you've got basically the Scottish police force versus the navy like there's just so many good moments for pure drama like I'm absolutely addicted to it A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Okay, episode two opens with Longacre not being allowed out of that compound because she won't tell them what she found in Burke's room. The Navy officers eventually do agree to open the gate and let her drive out. Back aboard Vigil, Burke's bunkmate Gary Walsh is taken to the doctor because he was caught in a nitrogen burst in the reactor room at the end of that last episode. Uh, The doctor says she doesn't know if he'll be okay. Hadlow explains to the captain that Vigil went into an emergency shutdown, but without any emergency. It all seems very fishy. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's the wrong one. Um, Is that a catch of the day? No, that's a, no, that that's was a not pun. It's, it's just, not a catch yeah, of the day. Have one. we got a pun button? We don't, no. We'll just move Friends swiftly on. Shut up and move on. Uh, so the batteries are low and uh, they don't have enough diesel to get back to port. Unless they get it up and running, they'll need to be towed back. Uh, Silva is listening on to this entire conversation. <laughs> How do you tow a submarine? Well, I guess they have to get another submarine to come and tow it. <laughs> and, like, all while hidden. So Silva is listening on to this conversation and Prentice makes sure that she is swiftly moved along. Gone into the wall. (laughs) So the captain stresses that he doesn't want them to have to go up to surface if there's any chance that they're being shadowed. The pressure is on to restart the reactor. So Silva then goes and finds Glover, who's the coxswain, or as I I just, every time they say coxswain, I think of Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast, um, and asks him uh, as he's a walking HR department, um, if he was told to punish Burke for kicking off when the trawler went down, he says Burke died before he even got to log it. Back in the tiny little hospital room, uh, the doctor is making sure that Gary Walsh isn't going to keel over from inhaling a load of nitrogen. When she says she's to cut him out of his clothes, he's like, it's a tenor to watch. He's actually really funny, Walsh. Uh, Hadlow comes he's in. vile. 
He's vile. He's, he says a couple of funny things. He throws things. his piss at her. Uh, Hadlow comes in to see how uh, he's getting on. And then Adams, who gave mouth to mouth to Burke, suddenly goes wide as a sheet and says he, uh, he doesn't feel well. The doctor says to rest up. But Hadlow says he needs all hands on deck. Longacre is back in Silva's flat, uh, cat sitting and trying to get into the password protected files on the USB that were found in the little uh, leg of the chair in Burke's room. I'm so worried about the cat. So she goes to meet a cop who tells her that Gary Walsh, who is Burke's bunkmate, and another unnamed guy who's not from the Navy beat the shit out of Burke recently at a local pub. So Longacre whacks Gary's name into the database and learns that he has a brother who's called Sam who was dishonorably discharged from the Navy for possession of heroin. Longacre then sends another coded message to Silva on board Vigil to update her on what she's found on land. Back on Vigil, meanwhile, Silva tries to speak with Prentice about what went down with Burke. He says he was reprimanded for putting a full mug of coffee on top of a sonar set, which is bullshit. He needed the cling film. Clearly he didn't have enough cling film. Uh, Prentice then walks Silva to the captain and makes a show of himself roaring at her and demanding that she be confined to quarters. The captain says no, but she'll need to be guided around as the place is half in darkness because of the power cut. So then Longacre arrives back at Silva's flat. It's night time now. And as soon as she opens the door, the cat, who's called Catherine, in for full name, but cat for short, legs it out the door. Longacre hears a thud. Something is definitely up. She phones 999 and instantly is like, hey, I'm a police officer. I'm at such and such an address. I believe it's been broken into. And I believe they're still inside. Now, I was watching this and being like, you are way braver than me. Yeah. There's not a hope I would have walked in there. Um... And then the next thing, a man in a balaclava, hello, Line of Duty season five, uh, grabs her from behind and she stabs him uh, with a scissors before another masked man and him get away on a motorbike. Now there's blood on that scissors and it's left at the scene. It's clearly going to be Gary's brother. Surely it's Sam. No, who is not Gary's brother who passed away. Yeah, now why was there a Sam Walsh? So there's a Sam Walsh and then later there is a Douglas Walsh. Which oh, is sorry, one. Douglas. So yeah. I think there's potentially there's two, two brothers. brothers. Okay, there is two brothers. Yeah. Uh, back aboard. And one with a heroin addict. Yeah. Back aboard Vigil, Silver reads the latest coded update from Longacre. She searches Gary's bunk and finds um, heroin in a tin of those, like those hard fruit sweets that your nan would have going to mass Sucky or just sweet. yeah um, she asks Glover to help her look for Burke's green fleece remember the fleece uh, which they said he was wearing before he died she says if it's been hidden it must have blood on it they're on a submarine so she's like well it can't be gotten rid of um, so find the fleece identify the killer lovely um, back at Silva's flat Longacre explains to her boss that she thinks the balaclava men were after the USB that she found in Burke's room she says there's one video of him on it but the rest of the files are password protected here we also learn yes that cat uh, uh, is short for Catherine as Walsh recovers uh, aboard Vigil Silva asks him what the beef was between him and Burke and the doctor here is pretending not to listen but like she's earwing uh, Walsh says the fight in the pub was just a drunk scrap and he's like, go on, ask me, did I kill him? And he's like, I didn't. Then Silva uh, asks Walsh if, he, if anyone knew that he was in the reactor room when Vigil like shut down and all the nitrogen was sprayed in his face. That's terrifying. And he was like, I know what you're getting at. He's like, nobody was trying to kill me. Um, then she's like, look, we found traces of heroin in your belongings. You need to do a urine test for me. And he's like, um, he's like, oh yeah, do you want to watch me do it or whatever? They all leave the room and then they come back in and he goes to hand it to her and he throws it all over. Not cool, obviously. Uh, back on land the Navy bosses explain to Longacre and her boss that they're getting a boat ready to replace Vigil but it takes time so all along they were like oh yeah Sylvia you'll just need to be there for three days and now they're like yeah she might need to be there for three weeks Um, and then both sides kind of 
falsely promise each other they're going to be like help each other out a bit more. How does she have any clothes in that bag for three weeks? That's my first thought. You have to wash your knickers every day. I was like, how does she even have a knicker left? Do they have running water on the submarine? I don't know. How do you wash? She literally went on with a clutch bag and now she's staying there for three weeks. Um... At this point, then Longacre asks what they know about the trawler and the sinking at the cause of it. And they just brush it off and they're like, no, it's still being investigated. It's, they were like, trawlers go down all the time. It'll probably end up uh, moving to Ministry of Defence. Uh, Longacre stops Branning outside and she asks her about the pub fight. And Branning's like, I wasn't there, but Gary's younger brother, Douglas, was done for bullying when he was a trainee here. And basically Burke, Martin Comston, gave evidence against him. So then after Douglas was discharged, he killed himself. Burke, Martin Comston showed up at his wake to apologise and that's when the fight happened. Longacre asks who the second attacker was and she nods to say she does but we don't get to hear what she says. Back aboard Vigil, Silva is having a night terror. We see her and her boyfriend in the car with their eight-year-old daughter. They're chatting about getting married. He says the daughter finally convinced her to say yes. He looks uh, a little too longingly at her and doesn't see a van coming towards them and the car swerves. Silva then wakes up in a cold sweat. Uh, Vigil has come off batteries and is now running on diesel so it has to make its way to surface level um, Silva gets a letter from Longacre with the latest update it confirms that Hadlow was the second man who attacked Burke in the pub now Silva finds Hadlow and starts recording their conversation on her phone she asks him about the row in the pub she says he must know how it looks and Hadlow's like look it wasn't me and it wasn't Walsh that killed Burke and he adds no one meant to kill him he's like I can't talk right now there's a chain of command Next thing, Prentice comes bounding along and marches Silva to her bunk where he locks her in, but not before he roars at her, telling her Burke was a treacherous little shit who got exactly what was coming to him, all recorded on Silva's phone. He gives me energy of Billy Zane in Titanic. Oh my God. He gives me that energy when he locked her in the room. I was like, oh my God, it just reminded me of, of that. That she's going to drown in this boat if something happens. Like, Or just that he's just like, uh, it was, yeah, I just, he just reminded me of, of Billy Zane's character. He's Titanic. really Is his name scary. Billy Zane? Yeah. The actor, yeah. 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 Um, Longacre just- visits the protest camp where she chats to Jade, who's Burke's ex-girlfriend. Jade seems scared to talk. Longacre tells her that they think Burke was murdered and tells her about the uh, the USB stick that she found. Jade's like, well, if it's mine, I want it back. And then Longacre's like, no, give me the password. She sh- shows Jade the injury she got from the Balaclava men. And she's like, look, if they can do this to me, like, imagine what they can do to you. And Jade was like, look, hardly anyone knew that I was with Burke. And she's like, that's not good enough. She's like... You and Danger Girl, basically. Back aboard Vigil, oh, just there as well, a man comes into like the caravan they're chatting in and he's like, oh, is this police? And Jade is like, no, it's fine. And then he walks away again. we've got a lingering shot of him in the first episode, I think. He was defo in her flat the night before. Do you think it's him? Do you think he's one of them, yeah? I just like would say so. Mm. He could be the one that killed her. Yeah. Uh, Back aboard Vigil, they're a periscope level, uh, which means that the submarine is fairly up near the surface level and they can have a look around. And the captain... Submarines are funny. The li- you know the little yeah, thing at the top the little Cocus focus, boo! Yeah, so the captain is there with the little eye thing and he's like swirling around having like a full 360 view. And the next thing he sees this massive tanker just meters from the submarine. Again, like how do they not have Their machinery? Really What's wrong with the sonar? Well. Give it a wipe. Do you know what I mean? Is there a bit of dust on it or Can something? Can we turn it off and turn it back on again because this has been a hate. Like for fuck's sake. So... 
the submarine needs to like immediately dive right down underneath the tanker or else it's going to hit it and I would imagine kill everyone on board both boats and possibly set off a load of nuclear <laughs> missiles which wouldn't be great for Scotland or anyone in the surrounding area like what the fuck we'd definitely be affected yeah, I feel over yeah. here as well do you remember when we were in secondary school and we cyanide s- tablets no yeah, but we got the cyanide no they weren't cyanide tablets they, they? they were iodine tablets <laughs> cyanide tablets would kill you and we also had to send all sign the postcards and send them to get them to shut down Sellafield. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set S- like that. Yeah, that was gorgeous really little childhood memory. I haven't heard much about there in a while. Like, do you know the way that was really uh, in the nineties? Like yeah. a lot of people were talking about it. Bono's wife uh, campaigned for that heavily. Did she? Yeah, for it to Good shut down. to shut it. Yeah, yeah to shut it. Not campaigned for it. I feel it. like there was a few people on the, U- the like the UK Trident Wikipedia page last night having a revelation. Also, like shook after the bank holiday in the UK, being like, "What the fuck?" What the fuck? Um, okay, so uh, Silva is still locked in the bunk and uh, she's been slammed around the room without a clue as to what's going on because like, the lads are trying to like dive underneath this trawler. Uh, she kicks out the air vent at the bottom of the door and she crawls out into the corridor. She's like hyperventilating, like has a little sit for herself. Glover comes along and finds her. They sit together on the floor. Now, I don't know. Is there a little something, something between these two? Like a potential? There's, yeah. there's glances and glints. He's and holding her hand after his no-touching yeah. rule. Wife yeah. and two kids back on land. Yeah. Stop, does he? Yeah. Oh, um, I missed that. So Silva explains, Bastard. yeah, Silva explains that Prentice locked her in and she was like, just being in there triggered memories of the accident, she calls it. Uh, we then see a flashback to her in the car with the boyfriend and daughter in a lake. The car is completely submerged. She rescues her daughter, but by the time she goes back, her boyfriend is dead. Glover is now holding her hand as she tells the story and Silva jokes. She's like, there's a no touching rule. And then uh, he's like, what do we do next? And she's like, you need to help me. Back at the protest camp, Jade tells a friend that she's found somebody who knows what's happened to Burke. The friend asks to come with her to meet them, but Jade is like, no, 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 I'm going to go alone. Back aboard Vigil, the captain asks Hadlow to restart the reactor, but he says doing so without knowing the cause of the shutdown could sink the boat. The captain's like, do it anyway. Next thing, in front of half the boat, Silva arrests Prentice on suspicion of the murder of Burke. The captain orders them both to his office while everyone's jaw is on the floor. Silva uh, plays Prentice the audio recording of him calling Burke treacherous. He explained that he disliked him because he was sleeping with a protester. Um, Silva tells Prentice that she believes she can prove that he punched Burke, making him hit his head, then went to apologise, found him dead and used heroin that he'd earlier confiscated from somebody else to make it look like an overdose. Just can't believe we're really getting to the bottom of this so fast. Like, so episode quickly, two. So like- convenient. Um, Hadlow joins the meeting, but he refuses to identify the man he saw hit Burke. The captain asks Hadlow straight out if it was Prentice which infuriates Prentice and he tells the captain that he's basically shit at his job and he's like the only reason you're still here is because I arrived to save your ass and he, uh, the captain then says to Prentice that being married to an admiral's daughter doesn't quite make you an admiral mm. Glover arrives with Burke's green fleece he says it was taken from his body and hidden Silva had asked Glover to go and search the most direct route between Burke's cabin and Prentice's cabin bingo she is just She's on so clever. the ball also, Walsh admitted trying to frame Burke with the drugs with the help of Prentice. So Prentice is like, hands up. He's like, okay, this is something I know I'm not going to get out of. And the captain stands both him and Walsh down. He's like, I don't need to lock you in your room, do I? Um, back at Kirkmouth Police Station, Longacre gets a call from a panicked Jade who thinks she's messed up. She was meant to meet somebody in the middle of nowhere, but she's now freaked out. Longacre jumps in the car, drives towards her, 
but she in the like while she's driving there she gets a text from Jade it just has the word purity in capital letters it's the password for the USB it opens a ton of videos and other files Back aboard Vigil, Prentice asks Silva not to go after Hadlow. He explains everything that happened and it is pretty much all as Silva suspected. He explains that Burke hit him first and he's like, I hit him one punch back in self-defense. He's like, I've worked my ass off for this job. I don't want to lose it for like a one punch thing. Silva takes this green fleece out and she sees a substance on part of the material. She then goes to Prentice. She's like, explain to me exactly how Burke was when you found him. Because he's like, I did go back to... um, to see him and he was he wasn't dead but he was dying and so he then explains he's like he was twitching sweating foaming at the mouth and as the cops watch the unlocked videos on the usb a car pulls up at the side of the road where jade is standing and she looks scared to death silva in the meantime has like when when um prentice explained how he found burke silva just jumps up and she runs she goes and she finds adams now adams is the guy who says he gave burke mouth to mouth yeah. and at the start of this episode was like i'm not feeling very well she's because like she had her two years of doctor training yes she's like you need to see the medic immediately but again hadlow here is like i need all my hands on deck but um it's he, really yeah sad, he goes anyway because you're like you're gonna be poisoned now as well yeah you would shit yourself yeah. if the ron jones ran in and was like you need to get you a medic right now and you weren't feeling very well you'd be like what the fuck's wrong with me and Hadlow's like no you're not doing that yeah so the team nervously restart the reactor bearing in mind that it could sink the boat because they don't know what the problem was that shut it down in the first place it all goes swimmingly and everyone is like wiping the sweat off their brow like breathing a sigh of relief Uh, Back on land, the Navy bosses learn that the wreck of the missile has been found. They're like, we'll dive at first light. Silva finds Glover and tells him that she got it wrong. She's like, I totally got it wrong about Prentice. Prentice did plant the heroin around the edges of his nostrils because he thought he killed Burke. He didn't. She's like, somebody else poisoned him. But who? The kook. Longacre arrives to the stretch of road where Jade was waiting to meet that mysterious person and finds Jade's lifeless body in the water. She gives, now what I would claim, not a great attempt at CPR, but it is too late. And that is the end of Vigil Season 1, Episode 2. Oh my God, Episode 2 was brilliant, wasn't it? Episode 2 was brilliant. Like, I only watched it today because I was a bit tired last night. I didn't watch it last night. I wanted to give my full attention, you know yourself. It was fantastic. Now, I loved that we thought it was all figured out and then Saran Jones being amazing realised, hang on a second, what's that substance and why is he feeling sick and what is going yeah. on? There's So we have all the, we've so much to discover still. Prentice also did such a good job of playing a bollocks. I was like, oh no, it's definitely him. But he did do, like, yeah, his he, story in his head is the truth. Is the truth, yeah. Have you guys seen the film Knives Out? No. Oh. Is this the one with the Aaron Jumper and Chris Evans? I could recommend it more. Sorry, what? <laughs> Chris Evans wore an Aaron jumper while promoting. Oh, it's kind out. of funny. Daniel Craig's in it. Ah, yeah. No, yeah, I, haven't seen I think it. I have seen it. Okay, well, I couldn't recommend it anymore, but that turn of events thoroughly reminded me of Knives Out. Okay. I need to rewatch it. If I could not recommend. <laughs> Are you sure you seen it? It was it. Kind of like a murder mystery in a house. They're all in a house. Yeah, yeah. It's I a don't locked re- room. It's a yeah. locked room mystery, exactly like Vigil. That wraps hmm. up a bit too conveniently halfway yeah. through the film, exactly like Vigil. And then there's a little twist. So Prentice's version of events is what he understood to be his truth. Yes. Yeah, which is really 
so interesting. So before we get into the email and social thoughts and theories, where are your guys' heads at right now with what's going on? Well, then I was like, when it wasn't Prentice, I was like, oh, it's Hadlow. I still think that the doctor, Doherty, is suspicious. Yeah. And don't the chef, I think, may have been in a relationship with Burke. I don't know if she poisoned him. Was she forced? Listen, okay. If you, now, this is terrible. I don't even know how I know this. I think it's from The Sixth Sense. If you poison someone, it has to be over time in their food. Slowly. Okay, sorry. This isn't if you do. This is from The Sixth Sense. Here's Marissa Cooper. Marissa Cooper. What's her name? Misha Mary Barton. Cassidy. No, Misha. <laughs> <laughs> Misha Barton in The Sixth Sense. She's poisoned over a very long period of time in her food. Yeah. So that, that is why that reminded me of... By proxy. Of that, yeah. So the cook is very emotional. What's, was their, the what's cook your made, called you killed her mom? Oh, oh, what? With the... Her, the mom had Munchausen's by proxy and she killed her mom. Gypsy Rose. Sorry, go on. Oh, is that the documentary that you watched? The documentary, Netflix? yeah. Mm. Oh God, okay. Um, the, was the cook forced to do something? The, the whole interesting about this is you can't get rid of anything on a submarine. There's nowhere to hide. Love that you can't get rid of anything on a submarine. There's nowhere to hide. I loved that when they were like, the green jumper is here. Surely they have a stove or a little incinerator somewhere. Brendan, nuclear weapon. Oh, yeah, Guys, where's enough. the poo on the submarine? Like... It just goes out into the sea. They just not flush a thing down the toilet. They just pop it out the periscope once a month. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, it's absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see where it goes. I'm also like, do you know the way they kept going at the start, Saran Jones, you're going to be on this for three days? Oh, and she it kept was so like, obvious. Three yeah. days and three days. Is she now going to team up and they're going to figure out all this crazy corruption in the Navy and then they're going to figure out that they've been set up by another submarine and all this crazy stuff. It's getting, it's going to get wild. It's going to get wild. We have four hours to go. What do you think is going on, Brendan? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you probably next week when I have a full voice. I think it might be a bit of a murder on the Orient Express where a couple of people are guilty. No, someone's undercover for another, like there's someone in there who is a secret agent The spy. man who came in on that helicopter who wouldn't speak to Saran Jones after making conversation with her and then was like, well, I can't And he was that. on to replace Burke. And yeah. they keep zooming in on him. He's always in the background lurking and they're like, there he is again. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very suspicious of the man on land that told. Oh yeah. Rear Admiral. Rear Admiral knows that is Amy that Silva name? is claustrophobic Darren and she he sent her down there. So... And Branning looks like she's a wrong one, but... Oh, no, I quite like her. Mm. You know, me and the women. Oh. I think she's... Because she told her the truth when she asked who had the fight and everything. She's like, listen, I wasn't there, but it's this person. Yeah, but she's also been really closed, though, as well. I don't know. Mm. Mm. We've at, more... this, at this point, I suspect everyone. Yeah. Same. All the men. So, email theories. Alex Watson got in touch. He had loads of stuff to say, but one point he said, this woman who appears to be a chef, who appears to be a chef. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a Michelin star. <laughs> she seems very upset as Burke is carried out. About, are you laughing at as appears to be a chef? Appears to be a chef. <laughs> it's, it's, I, don't, like, I don't even think he meant it as a dig. It's just so rude though. Imagine if someone was like, oh, you guys appearing to have a podcast. I'm like, we do fucking have one. She's in there cooking for a Five thousand people. Utter guff for the first <laughs> three miles underwater. So she seems to be very upset as Burke is carried out in a body bag. Is she simply distraught by the death of a crew member, perhaps? But with all the talk in the episode in episode two about poisoning, who might have been in a position to poison Burke without him noticing? As Rebecca pointed out, the apparent chef. Somebody's handled his food. 
Has she been pressured into poisoning Brick and is now regretting it? It did definitely feel like a regret. Oh, no, like she didn't want to do that, but she was forced to because she was told that she was going to be a goner or she didn't do it. The woman who appears to be a chef is upset about Brick dying. That's a fact. So why is she upset? She's either in love with him, related to him, or involved with his death. Or is she working with him to expose the corruption within the Navy? Maybe she was just a, maybe she was just a, a, a colleague or a, you know, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Charlotte said, me and my mum both think Sean Evans, so he's the coxswain. Is that how you say it? Coxswain. Coxswain. I think he's so lovely, but is he too good to be true? Wow. He's got lovely eyes. Sean Evans' character was in fact the one that poisoned Craig. Amy keeps confiding in him and that would put him in a really high up place to hold things over her and manipulate her investigation. He was the one to find the fleece and he never, and we never saw him talking to Gary Walsh when he admitted to bringing drugs onto the boat. Alice Capper and her boyfriend, who's a Royal Navy officer, guys have been in touch. They sent us loads of information. They sent us graphs about the different levels of organisation in the Navy. They cleared up loads of like errors that the show has made and loads of shite that we've said. Um, And they sent us a really long-winded email, but it was like brilliant. I've just broken it down into a few of the main points. So Lieutenant Commander Prentice did not kill Burke. This is what they both think Mm -hmm. together. We think someone else saw the fight and used it as a cover-up to poison him so that Prentice would genuinely think he was responsible. The female chef and chief petty officer Keely are in the running. The chef's reaction was weird when they brought his body past. There's definitely something shady about Lieutenant Commander Branning and we don't like it. Something also isn't right with our friendly coxswain. The guy who broke into the house every stick are the same ones who killed Jade. We're of that theory as well. Yeah, and, and you, do you remember in the episode, um, Jade said something about a Scottish baseball jacket or some jacket no. that someone... Who said something about a jacket in the episode? Uh, I can't remember. Jesus, I've had a crazy few days. Someone said something about a jacket in the episode and it was in there for a reason. It was like, oh, he pretends to be one of us. And it wasn't a green fleece. No, no, no. This is a complete. This is for somebody who is on, in the peace camp. Oh. They wear a jacket. She was like, oh, sorry. Jade says that she keeps seeing the same guy who she thinks is following her wearing this jacket to try and fit in and look normal, but he's clearly MI5 or like the Navy or something. Well, that's me re-watching yeah. it again. Um, Alice and her boyfriend also shared lots of naval corrections and information. We'll definitely be coming back to those when we get things wrong. Interestingly, she said that submarines are much less spacious in real life. They're even more like even more smaller confined thank you Brandon they're even more confined compact thank you so much for all these words (laughs) teeny tiny they're even more squishy wishy than what we saw on the TV which is horrifying Um, she also revealed that if this had happened in real life if someone had died on the submarine they'd 100 million billion percent would have brought Vigil back to port to do a proper investigation and replace her her with one of the nuclear subs I think it's so glam when you call both her but it's also like deeply problematic but I'm like bring her back replace her with another nuclear sub um, but that obviously wouldn't have made for a very good drama now no sure there'd be no there'd be no series so that'd be a wham bam Martin Compton said sail, throw it back in solve the murder and finally to make us feel better she said that she's been with her boyfriend for over three years and still doesn't understand any of the terminology to do with like naval exploration or anything like that so now does he work in a submarine? He is. Let me scroll him back up. He Maybe they a, can't tell us. He's a Royal Navy officer. So I oh. presume he could be on a submarine. Could be. He, I mean, he did have intel about submarines and the size and shape of them. What? Um, so that's incredibly interesting. And Alice, we would love to like keep that 
back and forth going because yeah. you'll be able to help us with all the things thanks so much me make balls out of so that's the email theories they all came in on shrinepod at gmail.com please feel free to follow suit the social theories Emma Cassidy doesn't trust the Coxwain fella thinks he's too good to be true Holly Serrell also agrees Jacqueline Brown thinks the female cook slash chef the woman appearing to be a chef looks dodgy <laughs> in the first episode Ross Pell could be a red herring but the replacement crew member keeps getting shown and somehow missed the tanker Yes. yes that was him who missed the oh handle, Jesus yeah. he's working for the other submarine and he said yeah. that he worked on previous boats and he goes vigils tr- like trouble vigils compared to the rest out. compared to the rest and he's been planted in by rear admiral to 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 bring vigil down to yeah. have the so Ross Pell is wondering oh could God. he have been brought in to help finish a bigger job and I think we completely agree oh yeah um, lots of people think Amy's a quote unquote daughter is either with the grandparents hers or Ian's or with her biological mother if that's not Amy. Yeah. Um, Domino Joyce points out that Amy, now I think this is incredibly interesting, only has enough anxiety and depression meds for a planned three-day stay. Yeah, it's horrific. So you're about to put someone who's claustrophobic Darren on a submarine and have her anxiety and depression medications run out when she lost her almost husband in underwater. Yeah, and to put her in that confined space is just going to obviously trigger all of that. And also then discredit her as well. A complete recipe for disaster. Bruce the bunny I said I'd throw in a bad review for like a bit of like fairness he said it's a um, a great big ba- bag of badly researched nonsense if you're asking me to suspend my belief that the Royal Navy would allow civilian police officer on board at sub level let alone mid manoeuvres then you can at least make sure to have the right epilogue insignia on the crew now I don't know what any of this means but I just think oh, like a lot of this wouldn't happen in real life as yeah, of Alice course. that's why it's her, a drama exactly as Alice and her Royal Navy boyfriend explained to us but that's why it's fictional pet so we don't have to worry too much about yeah, anything I say if you work in that area you'd be like this is absolutely is yeah, ridiculous like that's not how but, we work that's none, not what we'd say like, that's not what we do most people who watch it won't have any knowledge of that so they don't know any difference so they're watching it going this is deadly At the three of us yeah um, so I had a quick look in the press we don't have a phone we used to call this what Jed said so I don't know, Rebecca, if your cogs could get were in there for like what we could call the in the press section, like all aboard or something like that. Give me a few minutes. I'll come back to you. By like land ahoy. <laughs> Martin Comston gave an interview to the BBC. If you search vigil spoilers ahead on the BBC Media Centre site, you will find the articles actually incredibly interesting. It is brilliant. He revealed that he filmed vigil six to seven days before he started work on the most recent series of Line of Duty. That's mad. He just went and just done it real quick. I love that they were like, right, uh, Jimmy Nesbitt's doing Bloodlands. Let's get him to film one scene, you know, when he's over there. Oh yeah, Martin Compton's doing Line of Duty. Let's just get him to do a few scenes now before And he, he could have filmed all that laptop stuff in his hotel while he was quarantined and to do Line of Duty in yeah. Belfast. Done. He popped a little hat on, took a selfie, sent it off. <laughs> um, he also said that he didn't Easy tell... Easy money. ...a single soul that his character Craig was a goner in the first episode. He just said to family and friends, because they knew he was only on the set for six days, he's like, I'm just doing a really limited run. So when he was watching it the other night, when everyone, everyone was screaming, because they didn't know he was the body. Um, he also doesn't know the truth behind Burke's death, and will be tuning in to find out, just like the rest of us. He doesn't have a fucking clue. he knows how we feel. I mean, friend of the podcast. <laughs> um, creator Tom Edge spoke to the British Film Institute before the show premiered and revealed that mental health will have a massive role to play on what's happening on board with Vigil, which mm-hmm. this is incredibly interesting. 
Quote, one of the things I found very moving early on in our research was that the people serving on these boats get one message a week from one designated family member of 100 words or less. It's vetted up to seven times by the Navy for any possible codes. They're never allowed to contain bad news. So you go on board knowing that if your partner is killed in an accident or something like that, the first you'll know of it is an hour before the patrol ends. Why does it have to be that way? But like, So if you think about it, Brandon, right? I was thinking about this. So you go down on that boat and you're down there for three months. Something awful happens to someone up here in your life and they die or your house goes in fire. They, they can't do anything about it. They can't bring you back. They're not turning that boat back no. around. So they can't tell you and have you compromise the mission by losing the plot down there. Does this happen in other departments of the army, like in people who are not in the Navy, but like... You know, so I, maybe someone could tell us that. I'm not sure, but I just yeah, think I it's, uh, it's. I think it's because it's at sea. It's very specific. Whereas if you because yeah. they can't come back you up know, with the it. army, they send like they send letters. I understand. All the time. Okay, so I understand the no bad news thing, but why do they only get one contact a they week? They said it from in one episode person? one because basically whatever the contact comes in, whether it's Bluetooth or infrared, that makes a ping. Mm. They said it in episode one because the guy that's in charge of the ship was like, I'll allow Saran Jones to send back her report. And someone was like, the um, Percival, what's his name? Prentice yeah. was like, oh, two messages in one week because it pings okay. and that can be picked up by enemy submarines. submarines. By the submarine that's behind them that they can't see or hear. Exactly. Right. Um, Tom also added, quote, I was surprised to learn during the course of my research how much money is being spent on submarines. Apparently the UK's real Trident fleet. So this Trident fleet actually exists. They just have different names. Spend approximately two billion pounds in the defence area every year. I think over the next 10 years, submarine warcraft is going to dominate in a way that hasn't been thought about in a while. So I just thought that was really interesting. If you also want to read interviews with all of the main cast, head to the BBC Media Centre. There's a deadly article there that kind of explains stuff that hasn't been explained online. It's like Saran Jones talking more deeply about her relationship with Longacre, confirms that they're like ex-partners, that she was the first woman that she fell for. Martin Compson talking about the backgrounds of Craig Burke, the chef, talking about where she studied, the doctor. Sorry, the Apparent chef. chef. BBC I'm almost 100% certain. Well, that, that means she's going to play quite a big role then, doesn't it? Yeah. And now I could be completely wrong, but we did tweet that out, tweet that out earlier on. It's about a half an hour of reading, but it's really good. And I just took a quote from Saran Jones. Um, she said, and this is really nice. And on top of all that, there's the love story of a woman. Because she was talking about like how amazing the, and intricate and intertwined all the um, subplots are. And she said, Amy, who falls in love with another woman, Christian, in the midst of all this and is struggling because it's the first woman that she's ever fallen in love with. So that's all confirmed on the BBC Media Centre. So go read it. It is there for your perusal. That's all our social bits for this week. Uh, that is it. Uh, thank you for all of your emails, all of your tweets and Instagrams. We're at ShrinePod on all social. Uh, we're ShrinePod at gmail.com. Uh, thank you to all of our new patron Kates as yes. well. Yes, well, let's call them patron... Patron Cats! Aww. Like patron Catherine. Catherine. Patron Cats. Thanks to all of our uh, new patron Cats this week. If you would like to support us, you can do patreon.com forward slash ShrinePod. So, guys, we made it. We were 90% Prosecco after the weekends we've had. But just like HMS Vigil, we managed to stay afloat and make it to the end of this week's podcast. Vigil returns this Sunday at 9pm on BBC One, as do we. With Brendan on live tweeting mm. juicy this week. In the meantime, get your thoughts and theories into Shrine 
pod at gmail.com alternatively you can submit a message via our website shrinepodcast.com or join in the fun on facebook twitter and instagram at shrinepod and as brendan said you can support us on patreon should you wish patreon.com forward slash shrinepod that is it for this week petty officers and remember the deeper you go the darker it gets ahoy planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.